My point being, I allowed the friendship to blindside me and muddy the waters. And I didn't keep asking the hard questions, which we'll come to in a minute, which was to do with money and transparency about financial situation, but also about if I was feeling uncomfortable about the certain way he was conducting himself, I didn't speak up. We took on too many staff. You know, we were literally taking on staff into the business at a scale that was too much for what the business could actually do at that time. So our outgoing costs on the business were starting to scale up without the revenue coming into the business. But we had the capability of bringing it in, but his over-enthusiastic, exuberant, and let's just say ego-driven personality meant that if he could go out and say, we're employing this many people and this is what we're doing, he figured that might attract interest. But the business wasn't actually creating that revenue at that point in time. So it's very painful. So I'm coming back again to anyone listening who happens to have even somebody remotely friendly with them. Separate the two. Hello, this is Dr. Rowe, and you are listening to The Cicado Show with Dr. Rowe and Harms. Cicado means to seek turning points. And on this show, where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today, the mission is to provide you with what you need in order to create a turning point in your life now. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to create these shows is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope, our genuine sincere hope, that by the end of each of these episodes, you will have gained at least one insight which you can take away and apply directly into your life. Practical tools, voices that come from both generations, younger generation with tips and tools, older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience. So you can help unlock your true potential to give you the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level to give you a chance to impact both your life and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. We welcome you to The Cicado Show. Before we jump into the show, let me just tell you a little bit about becoming a Cicado supporter now. If you love what we do on the show, have gained transformational insights and positive outcomes or any small shifts which have allowed you to create turning points in your life, then please head to cicado.com and become a supporter of the show now. By supporting the show, we can continue to expand by getting you better quality production, spending more time deep diving important topics and creating more exclusive supporter perks as well as getting great guests on. And by the way, as a thank you for becoming a supporter and depending on which supporter tier you select at cicado.com, these perks range from my weekly recipe for success emails through to audios and video courses from my 23 steps to success, which includes online modules on how to find your life balance, gaining confidence, improving your time management, making successful career transitions, understanding financial independence, creating a life purpose, understanding and how to manage your money, becoming a money master, understanding negotiation techniques, learning to communicate more effectively, and so much more. So don't delay. It takes less than two minutes and you can become a Cicado supporter, helping to expand the show and get special perks as a thank you. Become a supporter now at cicado.com. Let's get back to the show. Hello, it's Harms here and welcome to another episode of the Cicado Show. 
Today is a Cicado short and we're talking about business. But focusing on getting into business with somebody else or a group of people and why this is so relevant is because at that critical pivotal moment in your personal life and in that group's life, there's going to be a lot of excitement. And Ro, we've been there before in the sense that we've been a part of these group discussions whether it's from an advisory basis, strategic, or actually they're our own businesses. And some have gone great, some have not gone so well, or as well as we expected. So I really wanted to open the conversation here today so our listeners can learn from those experiences. Because if they are about to, at this critical time in their life and the group's life, start a venture, a business, which is super exciting, what are the important or the most important things they should consider or questions they should be asking themselves and the group around a table to ensure that, and this word comes up again and again in this podcast, is that the communication is clear, transparent, and there's no confusion about the road ahead. I guess Mm. that's the kind of summary uh, to it, but I want to throw it over to you because you've been in this scenario way more than myself. And just to see in your mind, what's the number one question that comes up? But maybe you want to set the scene for the listener. <laughs> the number first. one question. Um, <laughs> hi, greetings, everybody. Welcome to the Cicado Show. And this is a short looking forward to sharing this one. Thanks for tuning in. We always appreciate you following us. And for those of you that are supporters, we really am very grateful for that as well. Okay, so this is this. Do we need to make this a short? Can we make this a, like an extra long <laughs> Let's see where this goes. Six hour. No, no, I know. Um, no, I think the point here is we want to tackle some key considerations. I, we need to build a bit of a framework around this as well, don't we, Harms? I think we need to talk about the fact that if you're self-employed and you're on, in business on your own already, this may not be as relevant. But if you said, oh, I'm looking to go into business with a few friends and we're really excited, and this is the crux here, let's try and differentiate between being excited in the idea of setting up a business with some people that you know or going into business with people versus, yeah, okay, I'm excited, but what do I need to be considering? So it could be someone employed, starting up a business with somebody else, someone already in business looking to merge and join with somebody else, or it could be that you are already self-employed and wanted to scale up to a business with other people. So we're talking really about creating a new board, a new set of directors, not just about the business, but working with new people. Uh, I think that's the way we're approaching this, Harms, isn't it? That's a great framework. And I think from experience, we both personally have experienced setting up our own companies independent of anybody else and also as part of a team, as part of a group, as part of those, if we're using the language, directors, uh, business partners, we both got that experience. So I want to bring that to the table for somebody who's doing this for the first time and who is excited. And the reality is the excitement can mask or make people not consider certain questions. Mm. Okay. So let me take you back to 1998. When? Were you? (laughs) (laughs) How old were you in 98, man? 1998. 19, yeah, 19, that's a 19, yeah. 98, <laughs> 1998. I was like 10 years old, okay. uh, uh, nine years old. Nine years old. Okay. So it's 1998 
I would have been 33 years of age, probably. Oh, actually, I'm trying to think now. Maybe, no, maybe 20. Okay, I was born in 66, 76, 86, 96. <laughs> 22 years of age. See, I'm old school, man. I'm actually going, I'm counting on my fingers here. Um, so I'm sat in a house in Thornton Heath in Croydon, if anyone knows where that is. And I'm sat in the house of the parents of arguably my closest friend at that time and still one of my dearest friends as well. Uh, you know, he's about four years older than me. He was a bit of a mentor. I think I've talked about him in some of the previous podcasts. He was a mentor during a, a difficult period. I went to university. He was a West Indian. We've got a black guy. He's done his PhD, really switched on. He's just finished off his PhD. I come in and I'm in my final year of university. And I think I've told you this before. And he was like, there's very few Asian and black people in our career that achieve any level of success. You really need to focus on getting your academics together because I kind of messed around in my first couple of years at university. I didn't have a father figure. He was that father figure. So more like a big brother. So he came really, really close. Anyway, fast forward, finished my PhD. He'd finished his. We're in the we're in the industry now. And we're like the top of what we do in the United Kingdom. Outside of maybe one or two other people who are twice our age, we were literally being consultants inside our careers. And we went, ah, oh, you know what? Let's set up on our own. So we get to a point where we sat with an accountant who's a friend of the family and we chose this neutral ground, which is his parents' house. And he said, right, we're going to go into that room there, that living room there. And I was like, yep, yeah, I know we've sat there many times. He goes, no, but when we go and sit in those chairs, you're not going to sit as Rowan Dev now. And I'll say his name because I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying it. You're, you're not going to sit as Rowan Dev, two spas that have been all over the world together. You've traveled, you know, I was at his wedding and all this stuff. You're not going to do that. You're going to sit in that room as two people who are about to set up your own consultancy business together. And that means the friendship stays at the door. And you have to walk into that room and talk to each other based on your aspirations, logically, and any fears, any concerns, but also on a personal level, any financial things that are going on. You've got to be candid about it here. And you've got to talk about what you're prepared to do in this business, as opposed to what you want to get from this business. And as long as you're prepared to go in there, I'm happy to act as your accountant. Now, bear in mind, this is a long time ago, Harms. And you, you can imagine, you know, I'm this like young 30s, all excited. And, and he's the same. And we were like, yep, yeah, okay. And I can still remember that conversation in a tiny little room in Thornton Heath, South London, 30-something years ago. It just stuck in my mind because he really made it clear because he knew how close we were. I mean, we had been to hell and back on several things on a personal level, professional level. You know, he helped me through my PhD, but then we got to a point where we'd become close friends. And I think that's the first thing I want to say to everybody listening is just because you know somebody as a friend, that doesn't mean to say that they're appropriate for being a business partner. Yeah, but we're excited. We've got the same ideas. But that's not the same as having a business partner. Yeah, I know, but we, you know, we we've been on, we've done all this stuff together. We've we've gone out, we've dated girls together, we got drunk together, we got pissed. Aha! Uh -huh. But that's not the same as running a business. And that is my that is my biggest learning in all these years. You don't go into business with somebody because you're friends. That is just a that happens to be a bonus if you've got all everything else aligned. I don't know what your thoughts on that are, but that's certainly my first primary thing I want to say to people. I think the story sends a strong message and even here sitting here 30 32 years old 
it's a message that has to be reinforced even in myself listening because I'm 33. Uh, there's going to be a few businesses, just like people shift careers three or four times in their lifetime, the way my entrepreneurial spirit is, there's going to be three or four big businesses in my lifetime. So that message stands true. Mm. Uh, and, I, and I like the way you rounded it off there, which is friends. It, being friends is a bonus. So mm. I would say, how, how does somebody, or how, how do we as, as friends who are excited going into a scenario, hmm. separate that friendship, but also how do we identify, I guess, is this a friend who I can go into business with? Are they, are they a business partner and the friend is a bonus or are they a friend who I shouldn't go into business with? What's, how do we define that? Even as you're asking that question, that, that was a great healthy relationship, by the way. We, we stayed business partners for many, many years. And actually it was the property journey and my aspirations to go on and continue to really speak because we both spoke. He's a very gifted speaker in his own right. And we had a great you know, synergy if we'd been on a TV show, but like the two Ronnies, we had that kind of buzz. I don't think you've ever actually seen the two of us together. We might try and get him on one of our podcast arms, actually. He's such a great character. I love him to death. But we parted companies in business because my journey was a different one. We, 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 we were consultants for many years. We traveled all over the world with this two young, you know, West Indian Asian guy went walking into boardrooms with some very senior people, but we always held our ground because our values and our openness and our honesty stood true. Contrast that, had a business partner in 2008, known him for several years, done charity work with him, climbed mountains with him, went into big property development project, uh, we'd done other stuff together, but we scaled up. And he, here's a contrast. And this is what I want to make the point is that I was blindsided by the fact that even though I knew all this stuff, because we were so close, I didn't see the signs of his bad financial spending habits, the fact that he was living off credit, he wasn't earning. He was kind of living this idealized lifestyle and portraying that in the public space and giving off an impression that he's doing X, Y, and Z. But he, he was actually living on credit. He wasn't physically earning the money to sustain that lifestyle. And yet he was a business partner of ours. And his credit issues caused us problems on a development, which lost, lost us time, but me lost me money because I had to then unwind it. He just walked away and went, took himself into bankruptcy. You know, hey ho, I've gone. And then made all these excuses about X, Y, and Z. My point being, I allowed the friendship to blindside me and muddy the waters. And I didn't keep asking the hard questions, which we'll come to in a minute, which was to do with money and transparency about financial situation, but also about um, if I was feeling uncomfortable about the certain way he was conducting himself, I didn't speak up. We took on too many staff. You know, we would literally take it on staff into the business at a scale that was too much for what the business could actually do at that time. So our outgoing costs on the business were starting to scale up without the revenue coming into the business. But we had the capability of bringing it in. But his over-enthusiastic, exuberant, and let's just say ego-driven personality meant that if he could go out and say, we're employing this many people and this is what we're doing, he figured that might attract interest. But the business wasn't actually creating that revenue at that point in time. So it's very painful. So I'm coming back again to anyone listening who happens to have even somebody remotely friendly with them, separate the two. So I guess the second thing to, to add to this then is, what do you know about their situation financially? Are they stable? Are they self-sufficient? Do they need this business to be instantly financially producing a profit or actually are they able to put time into it and effort into it 
and money into it, which in all fairness he did, but I found out afterwards was from credit cards and not, you know, from his own earnings. And how long is that sustainable? In my mind, it needs to be minimum of six. I mean, you know this, you could maybe talk into the space yourself from your own experience of business, but six to 12 months. And that's important. So I, at that time, had my property business. I was speaking. So now we bring another business alongside that. That's okay. He didn't really have that. I found out afterwards. I thought he did, but he didn't. So doing your due diligence at whatever level you feel is comfortable enough for you to feel, okay, not only are they enthusiastic and they're committed, but actually financially, they're not going to create a burden for the business. That's pro- I don't know if this is, am I making sense? Or something? I, I want this to be a free flow, but obviously I'm, I'm sitting on quite a lot of experiences here. So I've just suddenly realized that they're unpackaging in my head. I might spin it around on you because you've had an experience yourself. And I remember mentoring you about four or five years ago over the subject of are all partners aligned? Maybe you could bring that one up in a minute. But let's go back to the question about, is, but, am I but, making sense about the, sense. Pers- before you, the personal before collection that, and the finances? And before you get to that question, the big thing here, which is which is kind of coming to the surface, is if anybody's listening, and I, <laughs> and I'm the, I'm the same in the scenario when I, in my group of friends, mm. this doesn't get discussed. It, it rarely it gets doesn't. discussed amongst friends. You love your friends for whatever reason you love your friends, but it's not because they make a certain amount of money. It's not because they have their credit in line, they live in a mm. fancy house and drive a fancy car. You love your friends because you have a connection with your friend for whatever yeah. whatever, whatever that reason, that journey, that history, that that kind of roller coaster you've been on as part of your relationship. But what doesn't get discussed in relationships quite often is the finances. And mm. that plays such a big role. And also what else doesn't get discussed often is, you know, I've, I've got an amazing group of friends, but we never talk about work. Mm. We rarely talk about work. So if you think yeah. about it in that context, true, true. when you're starting a business and we've done a podcast in the past, the realities of starting and running a business, and that was a long episode, can be, you know, it requires commitment. Let's put it that way. It requires energy, it requires mm. commitment, it requires rolling up your sleeves at times. It requires you to step up as a group. It requires a lot of, uh, it, it requires you to really dig deep at times because a business, the way, the, the way to really make a business a success is you keep overcoming the next challenge that, that drops in your lap. And this mm. will drop in your team's lap. So the challenge drops as a team. How do we solve that? You solve that, you get closer to growing, expanding this amazing vision you had. So that episode is definitely worth visiting. Um, yeah, so that would have be, been, we had a great one with um, Dan Priestley. That was a business um, masterclass, yeah. So that was also, an, I think we've done a couple, so so go back and listen to those. Harms is right. I think it's um, bringing to the table a different level of conversation that you wouldn't normally have had with people. So rewinding, first of all, can you separate friendship from business? If you don't think you can, don't go into business with somebody. Because that relationship, by the way, you know, we had a big fallout and the result was you haven't spoken to him in years. And yet it shouldn't be that way because there was mm. there was lots of values that we were aligned on. It's happened to me on a couple of occasions. Most recent, probably about two, three years ago, you know, somebody I've known for many years was doing things that I hadn't even realized he was doing and very, very painful because it hurt other people as well, including myself. So you've got to, and we have to check in. Sometimes it's actually valuable to seek advice or someone else's thoughts. Family often are going to go, no, don't do this. But maybe going to someone that's entrepreneurial, business-based, 
I was talking to a couple probably about four years ago, Harms. I was doing a property event speaking and I was talking about the values of your business. And this couple came bounding up and they go, oh my God, we've just had this huge aha. We're just about to go and put a whole bunch of money into a lettings business with somebody else. And from what you've talked about, we've realized that our values are not aligned with this other person. And we've realized it by the questions you were asking, like, do you feel a resistance? Are they, are they not so proactive when you're talking about certain things? Do they become as alive as you or actually are they focused somewhere else? And it turns out this other chat was very focused on squeezing the business, tightening it down, getting as much profit out of it. Whereas they wanted to build a business, had great value, great, great service to people, had a great reputation, became a brand that was recognized. He's like, no, no, let's just get this money. So they liked him because he had a lot of capital, but they realized if they went into business with him, he'd just be like this all the time. Now that came from me just bringing it into the open. They hadn't even thought about their own values aligned with his versus the business. So I think you've put, you've answered the, the, the number one question, which I think trumps any, before we get into any business logic and finances, is do our values align? Mm. And you, the listeners at home will be, you know, we talk about this at least once an episode values 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 just, values. just elaborate harms. The give, give them an idea of what from your perspective how that how that shows up so they, they know what to look for so so how i've seen it play out is you know you, you illustrated the example quite well there it's one is how does two people or a multiple group of people want to grow the business is are those characteristics in alignment and one of those let's just you know take it from a personal perspective because i think before you're joining forces as part of a business it's also important to discuss personal values personal values can be as simple as how do you as a person live your life based on what value is it based on as crude as this sounds is it based on material items or is it based on the security of your family is it based on you and your family wanting a variety in life and what i mean by that is you know you you may want to go traveling with your family now if we've got two, two business partners one wants to go traveling with their family for six months a year and you've and this is really stark contrast but it only comes mm -hmm. out once you discuss it i want to go traveling six months every single year that's what this business is going to allow me to do on a personal level and the other person actually no i've got children and this allows me the security to send them to the school i want to send them to mm. Well, actually, that's a complete misalignment. One is basing mm -hmm. it on the security and, and the way they would like to live their life. Somebody else wants to travel, be remote. Uh, on a personal level, we experienced this uh, in one of our companies where one of the partners effectively moved to another country. Now, to grow the business and to, to maintain that connection, I know we live in this remote world the way the business was growing in terms of its strategic direction, that value didn't actually align with that business uh, strategic alignment in terms of yeah, what the I goal think, was. I think when that move happens, sometimes people can get distracted by other things. So it's not to say that people can't do it, but it's can it still function? Is there still yes. account? So accountability is another question to bring to the table is how do we become accountable within the business? How do we measure that accountability? If somebody's traveling for six months a year and they don't have kids and they're single and then there's three of us in the business that have all got kids and we're kind of more st solid and stable. Yeah, once a switch off at 5 p.m. every evening. Right. Yeah. And how do you measure that? At what point? I, I look for where the possible cracks are now. And that's forward. You, you basically 
picture scenarios if anybody's listening to this. What if this happens? What if there's a death? What if you do go traveling for six months? How do we do that? Start to imagine situations that could come up that could throw a spanner in the works because everybody focuses on what, you know, what if we make this much money, we sell this many products, if we do this. Okay, but to get to there, what will we have had to do? How many hours will we have to put in? How long do we need to live lean in the business before we start taking for the business? Because what if somebody's, as you said, what if, I want to start traveling next month, so I'm going to need about four grand a month. Okay. I was thinking we'd probably take seven to eight months before I take our first paycheck out of the business. Oh, no, no. I thought we we're going to smash it out of the park and just get going straight away. So two different scenarios there. Two different scenarios. And, and this actually links back to a, a bit of a side question, which is you don't necessarily have to expect everybody in the business as you're forming it to be business kind of masters in their mind, understand how a business works logistically. But I think there's value in uh, a conversation around, are we all aligned in terms of how we see business? Yeah. Are we building a publicly, uh, are we being a public listed company? Are we building uh, a small to medium enterprise? Do we expect to have staff or will our staff be kind of virtual assistants? You know, we kind of evolved in terms of what a business is nowadays. So the size of the business also comes into play. And, and that then are you married? Have you got kids? Yeah. You know, in the event of your death, do you want your part? I mean, we're throwing stuff at you now to think, but does your partner want to be part of that business still? Um, or do your business partners want to take over your part of the business and run it knowing that there's still a benefit to your family and kind, you know, through through whatever, shareholdings or dividends, et cetera? So it's, it, it's very easy to focus on the physical product, the service, which is where we're all comfortable. Where we get uncomfortable is... Oh, yeah. And then the management, of course, the operational side of it, which you know, I know you and I have talked about just recently on one of the businesses. This is stuff that people just prefer to kick down, kick the can down the road. We'll get, we'll sort about that when we get going. But under we- pressure, when there's, you know, when people haven't slept, maybe even the business isn't generating the revenue that it needs to straight away. And all of a sudden, shit, you know, next month, if we don't do something, all of a sudden, all those issues come to the mind. And uh, but you said you were going to do that. No, I, I thought you were going to do that. No, but we agreed you were going to do that because you're there. No, no, we didn't. So then it then it just becomes a fist fight. That's when friendships get damaged. I want to throw another uh, element in there as well, which is businesses now that live online have to iterate and make changes on a rapid basis. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now, what this, how this plays out on a human level. I've personally seen in my own business and and with client businesses that we've serviced over the years is this kind of idea, idea monopoly, idea uh, matrix where, oh, this is my idea. We should try it. And then six months down the line, if it works, fantastic. You know, everybody, everybody shower me with praise. I save the business. So think about this. I save the business. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who got us the financial goals that we wanted to all achieve you know we're sitting around the table but i'm the one who did it flip that scenario they failed and now everybody's pointing the finger at them this business is in this situation because of you yeah how does that play out what's your kind of philosophy as a team and are people's values going back to that question aligned as part of the team to accept that ideas either work or don't work but how do you respond to that and we've I think that's something people don't consider. And it goes back to what I said right at the start, which is challenges are going to appear almost on a daily basis when you have a business. So, uh, and the so, bigger you get, the more they uh, veer themselves. So, what, I mean, I guess the key thing here you're bringing up is, 
also how do people uh, react under pressure um, mm. are they are they a block to the business do they have their own stuff going on that means that there's three parts of the business working really well everybody's open to change open to being self-reflective open to being i wouldn't say criticized but having critical feedback but then one person's very defensive in the business imagine that was in the sales department so imagine you've got a really good back-end business, you've got a good financial business, uh, somebody in charge of that. Somebody else is really good at the marketing, but then you've got somebody there at the sales end and they haven't quite got it right. And everyone's going, well, maybe you need to make some changes here. And they're like resisting any change. That's like a block to the whole funnel because you ultimately you bring people to the top of the business, you open a wide sales part of the funnel, and then you get them through to the back end of your business. But what if the choking point is someone there that's got an ego, they've got pride, they've got issues, they've got stress going on in the background. So a question to ask yourself sitting down is, under certain circumstances, how are we going to become accountable? Are we all open to being self-critical, but also taking feedback from other people? So we and, can identify that really early, actually, Ro, which yeah. is which is a really simple statement, which hopefully the listeners by now know. We talk about it in the realm of personal development and growth. But do, does everybody around the table by default have a growth mindset? Mm-hmm. Um, and I use that language because that's the kind of stuff painted in the Harvard Business Review. That's the kind of thing psychologists have worked on. Do the people that you're about to go into business with by default have a growth mindset? You haven't got into the business yet, but can you see that play out in other areas of their life? Do they exercise? Are they, are they constantly taking care of themselves physically? Are they reading? Are they absorbing personal development? Are they listening to podcasts like this? Those are all indications that somebody's constantly growing Mm. and improving by default. I think if you've got a group of people like that around you who've got values aligned, oh, you guys are going to be flying because everybody's open to criticism. Everybody's open to feedback because the purpose is to improve and you know, create a success as part of this business venture we started. Yeah, I think that's a great element to bring in there. And I think not everybody knows what to look for there. So you've listed a nice highlight on that. Going through that then, so looking ahead, have we all got the right growth mindset? If you fast forward five, six, seven, eight years, 10 years even, where is this business taking us? What? How do you all want this to play out in the future? You know, if you've got different ages in the business, you've got somebody there who's 20, somebody else is 30, somebody else is 40. Have they all got different needs? Do they see this business running beyond their own life expectancy? Uh, I know it sounds crazy, but you've got to be thinking, as you said, do we float the business or is it just going to become something we set up, step back from, have managers step in so we can actually just guide the business maybe as a board, but we're not actually physically involved in the management and running of the business? Or do we want to be the business, albeit at more of a high level? So I do think those questions have to happen because a lot of people go, yeah, but don't worry about that. Let's get making money first and then we can start to steer it. Well, okay, yeah, but that's a bit like saying, let's get on the road, start driving. And then once we've been driving for an hour, let's just get the map out and then find out how we get to um, London. Oh, shit. Right. So we were in the Midlands and we've been driving for two hours. But I just realized we're heading towards Glasgow. We better turn around. You lose a lot of time doing that. So the map's got to come out early. Yeah, with all sincerity. Another example, wrote is, okay, let's say you made the money and the first £100,000 comes into the bank account. <laughs> Me and we're uh, business partners in this pretend business, £100,000 drops in the bank account. And I say, well, I think we deserve to take 20 grand out each. And I think we then should invest the rest into an IT platform. That would be great. So 
But Rome, you may say to me, no, I think we're onto something here. Let's invest more in marketing. Let's invest more in maybe content marketing or so- something around that realm. Let's yeah. let's invest £50,000 there. And actually, let's take £10,000 less so we can hire a few people to help the business grow, as an example. And just, just pause there for a minute. Those two extremes... So the IT platform, as an example, what explain what the somebody might go. That's such an obvious thing, though, isn't it? Explain the danger of that at an early stage, Harms. Well, uh, this links back to it, it. Really depends on everybody's understanding of where your business is as part of the business cycle. Typically, a business will either be in a growth stage or it'll be in a consolidation stage. Both are valid in their own rights, but are, both are only applicable depending on what stage your business is in. So say myself and Ro, 100 grand comes into the bank. We're in year one of that business. We haven't established a brand yet. We don't really have enough marketing channels in play. Actually, we're a growth business. Now, the danger is if we invest in an IT platform before we've invested in new customers coming into the business, hmm. more marketing channels, we could be investing in a platform that's just sitting there idly. It may be the best IT platform in the world, but it's just sitting there idly. So... And also my experience, because I know somebody that did this, they spent 120K setting up an IT platform for a property investment-based business. And they hadn't even really established the overall model of the business. Mm. So it was a platform that then would have to morph into something else because they were still in the up curve. It hadn't reached that kind of static, uh, that static's not the right word, but it had um, steady, if you like, steady yeah. system of, okay, this is our product, this is our service that we're offering, and this is what our customers need now for us to retain them, to nurture them, and for us to have this professional over. He jumped in too early with it, and my God, the amount of cost just escalated. Versus your other suggestion, which is, okay, the, the other person, in this case might be me, for example, I go, oh, actually, well, why don't we put it into marketing? What, what's the risk? What's the upside? Well, the, the upside is marketing brings in new customers. It drives more people to the table, increases revenue. It also allows us to get more products out there, but also systemize our product offering. The downside is if we go too quickly at that and we haven't got at least some way of managing those data, customers, yeah. taking that data, then we might we might find ourselves in a situation where we haven't got that information stored and we can't manage them. Now, you might say, well, is there a cappy medium? And actually, there are. There are sort of like systems built out that can bolt on, aren't there, Harms, that could help a startup business until it's stabilized and it's now got a proper, if you like, a proper place to provide for an IT platform. Because we're not talking small amounts of money here, are we? No, when when you're hiring, when you're spending on marketing or IT or sales and you want to invest properly with, with high quality teams and people, it's not cheap. But now let me press pause on this scenario. Though. That's a that's such an obvious scenario which happens amongst business owners a, a lot, a, a lot. It's it's because, because somebody wants to do something. Maybe it's within their expertise or realm, and somebody else actually. No, I want to do right. this. I want to spend yeah. money on here, and even coming down to earnings. So one of the questions you you kicked off with uh, is part of your introduction when we had this conversation. This conversation is. What does everybody want to get out of this business? Yeah. Because if it's pure cash, yeah, yeah. we mean you might as well split that £50,000. Yeah. We made 100000 let's pull out £50,000. Yeah. But if it's, we want smash to grow and, the business. Smash and grab, yeah. Yeah, smash and grab. And, but if you yeah. want to grow the business, then actually we need to agree in advance director salaries. What are those? Um, and what do it, you take money out? I mean, if you're setting up a company uh, and you've got shareholdings, 
you know, sensibly, maybe what you do is you build it, put an average amount of time in each and let it build up profit and then take it out as dividends as opposed to taking a salary, raiding the accounts and making it really hard to grow it. And that has to, that's happened at the beginning. You can't have that that bun fight two months in, but shit, I need the money. I really didn't say that at the start. I didn't realize that. And that's why it's important to have the conversation at the start. So we're flo- floating these scenarios out because I think these scenarios are great because I expect the listeners who get the right team around them to go and build a money, a business that makes them lots of money. But as yeah. soon as that cash comes into the bank account, yeah. by default, we're now going to create conflicts. So the, more, the, the right. greater clarity we can get around when that first pound comes in, what do we do with it? Yeah. Uh, you know, can we budget in, can we create a budget? It doesn't have to be perfect because we don't necessarily know everything yet. And we don't exactly know what you said, Ro. We don't know if the business model has to change or adapt yeah. over time. But this budget allows us to agree on some principles, which is this is how the money will be spent when it comes in. And then there's and, another factor, which is, okay, but are we as a business going to need to borrow money from the banks in a year or two? Oh, yeah. The next phase is we want to grow to this level, get offices and borrow. Okay, so if you do that and you just focus your business just on cash, what's coming in, and you keep taking it out and spending it, the banks don't want to see that. They want to see profit. So now we've got two conversations. One is about loads of money coming in and we're just spending it, taking it, whatever, versus loads of money coming in. We're building the business, keeping it lean, making it profitable. So the 12 to 18 months down the line, our books, our accounts go, oh, banks, this is a really healthy business. They're not raiding it. So that's another conversation. You can have a shitload of cash coming in and still have a non-profitable business. So so my takeaway from what you just said there, though, is... Kind of t- trying to take learnings from these kind of scenarios we're talking about is also what is everybody's appetite to risk slash mm. in this mm-hmm. case debt taking yeah. on debt to the business which sometimes you have to sign a personal guarantee for yeah sometimes if you've set your structure up correctly you're protected personally but the business now holds debt what what is people's appetite towards that because yeah. it could be in a scenario where we do need to borrow money to actually achieve our growth we need to hire staff because we've got a plan it's sound but we need the cash to double down on this plan Mm. but if two people in the business says uh no way i'm not comfortable with borrowing i'd rather bootstrap and two are saying no no we need to borrow we need again it can be discussed in advance yeah and i think bearing in mind this is a short we could elaborate on any one of these and be an hour and a half into this so that my feeling is that this is a good place for sort of rounding this off on the basis anybody listening to this might be thinking oh my god there's a whole bunch of stuff i hadn't thought about here great that was the whole purpose of the short if you're actually just about to sign on the dotted line with somebody i guess my last point is you don't have to you don't have to say yes you can pause because the minute you sign the dotted line now we move to what i consider to be like an unconscious obligation shit i've done this now so i kind of need to see it through fuck it it'll be fine i'm sure we'll work it out no don't sign on the dotted line. You don't have to obligate yourself yet unless you get answers to these things. For the sake of a, a day, a month, whatever it takes, make sure you're clear on those because the unwinding of a bad working business relationship, and I can tell you from experience, doesn't take months. It takes frigging years and it leaves that scar in you because you've had that experience and you learn from it. But why do you want to go through the same learning that we went through? when we've already been there. So <laughs> yeah. we're just sharing with you, don't sign on the dotted line unless you're absolutely comfortable. Absolutely. Uh, final word for myself, Ro, is certainly for the younger generation, because this kind of lives in us, 
I think anybody in their teens, 20s and early 30s is FOMO. We don't yeah. want to miss out on right, right. this. We don't want to miss out on, oh my God, but what if my group of friends make loads of money and I don't? Just make sure the decision at the moment, it, at the time is not necessarily because of FOMO, this unconscious commitment, this kind of, I feel like I have to go along with it that Will just mentioned. Make it for the right reasons. Capture the questions we uh, spoke about in this episode. I still think the number one is values, 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 values. Do your line on a value basis because then when the rough times come and the great times, uh, it will feel seamless. It will feel like, mm. oh my God, we, we, my business partners who weren't friends now feel like friends because actually day to day, our livelihoods are the same, our mm -hmm. aspirations are the same, uh, our, the direction we want for the company is the same. And guess what? That's because the values are aligned, but also you discuss these well in advance. And that's a, well, just to wrap up, actually, just to, sorry to add to what Harms is saying. That's a very good point because you don't misunderstand, don't misinterpret what we said earlier, which is be careful about friendship. Should you go into business with friends? Because you're right. I think people in business, if they work together long enough and they develop a healthy business relationship, friendships form. The good ones tend to learn how to separate the two conversations. You know, families get together. You don't talk business, and it's so easy to. We've done it before. We've we, you know we found ourselves in that space, and we, and we've learned just to kind of draw a line and not have those conversations. But that's a great point you've raised because business relationships can become good friendships as well. But again, it's understanding the two roles that you play in the same way, you know, when you're in theory, when you're in a job, you don't go home and then that job is integrated into your relationship with your husband or your wife. Although some people don't know how to do that, but it's another conversation. Sorry to, to, to jump in there, Harms, but I thought you raised a really good point about business and friendships actually at the end there. That's fantastic. So that's the Cicado short for today. Have the conversation. Uh, just have yeah. the conversation. Have the conversation, whether it takes a day, a week, mm. a month. Have the conversation. Have everything spoken, written down. Have it shared. Allow you, yourself and your new potential business partners to, to think on it come back with just open feedback, any challenges, anything they're uncomfortable with, everything we said in this episode. So that's myself and Rose signing off. We shall see you on the next episode. Hello, it's Dr. Rowe here. Harms and I would like to both personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Cicado Show. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal, on a professional level to help your life and maybe other people's lives, then please complete an important action for us, which takes less than just two minutes. Please become a supporter of the podcast by going to cicado.com. And as a thank you, you'll get access to exclusive supporter perks. And don't forget to simply subscribe to the show, share this product with loved ones, and we would love if you would take a moment to give us a review and let us know just how amazing this episode was. Thanks again for listening. This is Dr. Owen Harms signing out. We'll see you on the next episode. Music